Things Bama podcast, Mason Smith and Hunter DeSire talk about former Alabama players in the Super Bowl. Then, the two discuss Alabama basketball ahead of its home game against the Florida Gators. Catch all the episodes here on the Bama Central Podcast Network. Welcome to the All Things Never Podcast, part of the Famous of the Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mason Smith. We're switching it up now. I now have a new co-host, Hunter DeCyber. Hunter, how are you doing? I'm, I'm great, Mason. I'm really looking forward to making this debut on the All Things Bama podcast. Um, I can't wait to get started. Hey, look, I, I appreciate you joining me, Hunter. It's it's definitely a joy. I know you know a lot about the NFL, and I think you're coming at the right time. I mean, the biggest game of the year is coming up this Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, and now we have four, count on four former Alabama players that will be participating, which is quarterback Jalen Hurts, wide receiver Devontae Smith, cornerback Josh Job, and offensive lineman Landon Dickerson. Now, Hunter, it's probably the, the low-hanging fruit. It's really easy to say. Jalen Hurts is probably the most important person of that group to perform. But honestly, in your opinion, you know, which of those guys, you know, if it's Jalen Hurts, it's fine. But which of those guys do you think needs to have a big game for Alabama, I mean, for Philadelphia, excuse me, against Kansas City in the Super Bowl? Yeah, Mason. So um, earlier today, we had this discussion, and I really thought about it, and I really liked your answer with Landon Dickerson. I think this team, these two teams are so well-matched on both sides of the ball. They both have the same amount of points. They're both very punishing on defense. Both have amazing front sevens, and their offensive lines are both spectacular. Mainly the Eagles with Landon Dickerson, who um, it's in his second season. He just made his first ever Pro Bowl, and hopefully not his last as well. He will likely be going up against Chris Jones and maybe Frank Clark, Derek Nandi, and maybe a few other defensive linemen that that shovel in the path. Um, yeah, it's really up to him and that Eagles D-line um, to make a play this um, Super Bowl. As Jalen Hurts, he needs time in the pocket. He's still dealing with a minor injury, but he'll be fine for the Super Bowl. Um, one thing I remember... Um, a few, a couple years ago, um, when the Chiefs played the Bucks in the Super Bowl, both teams, like we said, very well matched. Um, however, the biggest thing was that front seven for the Buccaneers going against the Chiefs O line and getting to Patrick Mahomes on almost every play. So if Landon Dickerson could and Jason Kelsey and Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson, if all of them could combine to stop Chris Jones and Frank Clark, Derek Nandi, Nick Bolton, all those guys then they're in good shape. That that really helps out Jalen Hurts. Look, it, de- it definitely does. And I honestly agree with you because, of course, like you said earlier, I said Landon Dickerson. But honestly, it was actually a very hard choice for me. And some people may get upset. It wasn't Devontae Smith and it wasn't Jalen Hurts that was my key player for the game from Alabama. The reason I said it is because – Honestly, I feel like Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith have earned our respect in terms of they're going to produce. Like, oh, I don't know. Will he show up in the big moment? Will he be able to produce? Yes. Let's go ahead and just cut that narrative now. I do believe that Hurts and Smith will show up when it counts in the Super Bowl. Josh, Josh Job is the person I am worried about, not because of his skill. I mean, like you just said, Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback by a lot of metrics in the NFL, or at least widely considered the best quarterback. And he has a he has a decent amount of weapons from Travis Kelsey. Um, Clyde Edwards and Hilaire just got act, reactivated. You know, they have a decent receiving core, even without Tyree Kill. So this game, to me, like you said, it's going to be a real who can get stops. Both of these offenses are powerful. Both of these offenses are going to be important. 
who will be able to get a, a stop, not stops, but at least a stop when it counts the most. And with that, Josh Joe, you know, he, he is supported with a strong secondary because Philadelphia's defense is pretty dang strong compared to their offense as well. But again, you're going against one of the most powerful offenses in the past five years. And honestly, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in NFL history, especially when it comes to escaping the pocket and, you know, making those crazy throws. So I think Josh Joe, you know, it's, it goes back and forth between Dickerson and Job, but I really do think that Job has a really big, uh, you know, responsibility to make sure he to keep that Kansas City offense at bay. Yeah, um, I like that Job idea because I remember a few years ago, um, probably one of the most famous plays in Super Bowl history was when backup cornerback Malcolm Butler had that interception <laughs> against Russell Wilson on the one yard line. Now I'm not saying Job has a shot at that. But you can never rule that out. Um, with Job, though, he has played most of the season in the special teams on punt coverage, kick return coverage. But if he does get that chance at the slot corner-ish area, he's that's where he kind of played a little bit of that at Bama. Um, but he could hopefully get some snaps there. He does have, obviously, um, tough competition ahead of him with players like C.J. Garner-Johnson, James Bradbury, and, of course, uh, Darius Slay. Um, but, yeah, I would love to see him get some playing time. I, I mean – I, my lead in um, the extra point article that is going to be sent out in eight minutes was um, <laughs> along the lines of um, lesser known players in the Super Bowl often make unforgettable, unforgettable plays that people will remember forever, like Malcolm Butler or um, Malcolm Smith um, when, uh, def- when um, the Super Bowl MVP um, back in, I think, like 2013 against um, the Broncos when he was with the Seahawks. That right. kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, if he gets some snaps – Watch out. He could make a career-defining play. No, he definitely could. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Now, keep in mind, that that deal is going to be worn out. Just last game, Patrick Mahomes threw for 326 yards, two touchdowns on a bad ankle. Like, let's keep that in mind. Not to mention, he's had two weeks to kind of rest up, get that ankle, you know, more to 100% strength. So he's going to be ready to go. I'm confident that that deal is going to be challenged. And honestly, you know, we, we've seen it before, you know, Kind of in dramatic fashion when, you know, two and Jalen got subbed out in the champ in the college football playoff championship game. That was a big deal. And of course, it's a little a whole lot different with the Super Bowl. But if a guy is not producing, that guy will be benched. You know, this is the NFL. They are not afraid to remove guys or put in guys who who are who they believe will give them a chance to win. And if, and if Joe comes to that, then it's not going to be a surprise. But I think that's going to be a big deal. Now, we will be remiss if we didn't talk about Jalen Hurts. And Devontae Smith, knowing that they have a really big, you know, really big role in terms of their win. So understanding the defense that they're going against, you know, Kansas City is no slouch on the defensive side of the ball either. What what do Jalen and or Devontae need to do to have success and help the Eagles achieve a Super Bowl victory? Yeah. So one thing about the Chiefs is that they're great on the O-line, great on obviously the quarterbacks and the receivers. And then obviously they have a three running back system now with Clyde Edwards-Alaire possibly back. Their defense, their front seven's amazing, but their secondary could definitely be a little better. Now they're not bad, but they could be a little better, and that's where the Eagles' offense could really take advantage with guys like AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and of course Jalen Hurts. So odds are Devontae Smith will probably be going up against probably Lejerry Sneed, um, who who's their um top corner, but AJ Brown could be playing there as well. Devontae Smith has shown in the past that he is like he could come up big in big games. For example, the national championship, he got injured, um, I believe, towards the end of the first half, but he still had 200 yards and three touchdowns. I'll always remember uh, Sean Wade of Ohio State 
saying, um, like, you know who I'm guarding um, in, like, the, the pregame, like, interviews on media day. But, yeah, I definitely could see him having a big game. He has um, the most catches by an Eagles wide receiver ever in a season. The record was 88. I believe he finished the season with 95 or 96. A.J. Brown actually got 88 as well, so he also technically broke the record. But, um, yeah, those guys are big for the Eagles um, wide receiver core. Regarding Jalen Hurts, of course, um, MVP candidate season. He, I don't know if he's going to win it. We, I don't remember the last time we had a Super Bowl where the two MVP candidates or like the two front runners, you could say, were facing off against each other. I, I mean, well, I really well, they, use this, they might use this against them. Then if that's the case, they might like, oh, well, you know, should, should if if the winner of the MVP loses the Super Bowl, seem like, well, you know, maybe shouldn't have won. Maybe maybe that shouldn't. That's right. But definitely there's a lot to expect from Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, and Josh Hope if he gets the opportunity. But all that more will be decided this Sunday, February 12, 2023, Super Bowl 57. It will take place at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5.30 p.m. Central, and it will be broadcasted on Fox Sports. So it's going to be an exciting game, but also even, even more – I won't say more exciting, but definitely exciting in terms of the current Alabama status, Alabama men's basketball ranked number three in the nation after their victories over the weekend against LSU. Now, the thing about Alabama, when they played opponents the second time this year, Hunter, and I know you could probably double check me with the stats. They haven't really played. They haven't played well compared to the first time Mississippi State, you know, was a, was a very close game compared to the first time they played. Um, the second time they played LSU was a whole lot closer. I mean, they blew LSU out by 40 at home. But they go, they go on the road to Baton Rouge. You know, it's a pretty tight contested game all the way out. So Florida, I'm not sure if you guys saw it. They upset Tennessee. Colin Kasson played really well. So what what does Alabama really need to do? And, and NATO's kind of talked about it along with the players. What does Alabama need to do to get a win against the Gators? Yeah. So um, two years ago, I believe, um, was when they had like Herb Jones and Alex Reese and um, all those guys. Um, I remember they started off the season really strong, and then it kind of dwindled down. Um, as it went on, and um, obviously they made the Sweet 16. Um, they won the SC Championship. Um, I might be thinking of the year after. But anyways, basically, they have started off amazing this year, similar to last year and the year before. But that loss to Oklahoma was a real downer. But the very next game, they absolutely dominated, and all the players and the coaches, NATO's, um, he said that um, they needed to lose that game. Like we, like they needed that. Like it's a real, it's a real like heat check kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's this game especially. Um, this is a SEC opponent, Florida, coming off um, a big win against Tennessee a few days ago. They did lose to Kentucky recently, who we beat earlier. But they are, um, yeah, I I am very worried for sure about Noah Clowney. That. That he um he obviously had a good rebound game overall game um last last game but um overall his shooting has been a real issue. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, he's been fantastic. Like he's one of the best rebounders. Um, he's one of the best actually like blockers. Um, even though I think he's only like six eight six nine. Um, but yeah, he's one of the best overall players on the team. He scores a lot too. But those three pointers could definitely be um they definitely could be better. Like they honestly just, you know, NATO has said it Saturday, kind of said it again today. They, they're, they're not going to win against Florida if they play the same way they played against LSU. You know, those second games, like you kind of hit the nail on the head. Alabama basketball has had an issue with doing great and then just 
nose diving, you know, getting comfortable, complacent, whatever you want to call it. And they've, you know, they don't live up to expectations. Now, granted, what this team has done, they started to, you know, they've taken dips against a certain opponents and they still managed to win. But I think the biggest thing was, of course, like you mentioned that Oklahoma loss. That Oklahoma loss was just so defining in terms of, like, look, we can get beat. We can get, you know, blown out just like any other team. We're just doing all the blowing out. We got blown out. And I think it's really going to send a message to them in their heads that they're going to keep, you know, make sure they do what they can to win. So I, I think they're going to, you know, make sure they keep that energy up against Florida. I do expect Brandon Miller to have another solid game. Colin Castleson is one of the best big men in the SEC and, you know, arguably even in the country. So Charles mm-hmm. Bediaco is going to have a really, you know, strong matchup for him. And if you've seen it, Hunter, sometimes Bediaco can struggle against bigs that are skilled. You know, he he did okay against Sheway because she was, you know, more powerful, just a pure, you know, muscle player. Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy took him to school, man. I'm, <laughs> that that was a that was a really bad game for Bediaco. But you yeah. know, Colin Colin is more on that on that Drew Timmy line where he has skill. He he can put the ball on the floor. He can you know has different moves. So I'm kind of worried about what Bediaco can do. But I do think you know he he'll have a chance to respond because he knows as well as the defense knows. Colin Kelson is one of those guys for Florida. Yeah. Um... Really, Castleton is definitely the main X factor for Florida and for us. I I kind of treat the word X factor for sports in different definitions. From my basketball definition, I think it is the guy guarding the best player, no matter what. Like that's just who I think it is. It's never the best player on the team, but it's the guy guarding the best player, and that's where Betty Aco comes in. He um he leads Alabama in blocks per game at one point five. He um is I believe like sixth though on the team in rebounds which is 5.3 which should definitely be better oh my bad um he's third third on the team but which is i mean it's still solid but like if he could really up those rebounding numbers that would be huge to not have Clowney and um miller get all those rebounds um it's, it's still crazy to think mark sears has more defensive rebounds than charles bediaco yep. right sears has 74 bediaco has 68 that is just and inside, I can't wrap my head around that. And yes, they talk about Mark Sears is a great rebounding guard. He is. I don't care. A seven footer should not be out rebounded by a guy who's six one. I don't care what numbers you throw at me. There yeah. should be no way that happens. No, yeah. Um, with Mark Sears, I think him and Jaden Bradley are kind of similar, except I think they could kind of swap their stats for the next like few games. Like maybe Brad, like Bradley is like this big like playmaker and leads the team in assists and assists per game. Meanwhile, um, he only averages, I believe, um, 8.7.7 points per game, um, while uh, Mark Sears averages 13.7 with 2.9 assists per game. So if Sears could really become more of a playmaker, that would be great. And if and if um, Bradley could become more of a scorer and even a rebounder, I mean, obviously he doesn't get as much playing time as Sears, although they do play him more than any other bench player, even though I'm pretty sure he starts most of the time. He um, that would be huge for this game against Florida, and as the season goes on, I think so as well. Now, one thing to kind of transition to, will we may have one more topic depending on what time it is, but we do have another thing to transition to in terms of Alabama basketball. Yeah. I'll I'll answer the question first, and then you can kind of give me your response on it. I do think it's a ch- a time for a change in the starting lineup for Alabama, and it's honestly a change that Alabama fans have seen. It's time for Namar Burnett to make his return to the starting lineup in exchange for Jaden Bradley. And this is not a knock on Jaden Bradley. I do believe he's still a great player. He's an outstanding defender. And even Nate Oates talked about it during today's press conference. I'm not sure if you saw the clip, Hunter. But he needs Jaden Bradley to still be an elite defender because he knows in some ways he's a liability on offense. He's a great facilitator. 
you know, he's great at rebound. He's great at attacking, getting to the free throw line. But Jaden Bradley, he's just not a great outside shooter. And that makes it yeah. difficult to play him at times when you, you're you not being able to stretch the floor, especially when, you know, Sears is struggling, Noah Clowney was struggling. So now you have your two shooters who are struggling. You have a third guy who's definitely a non-shooter, you know, being on the floor. That just crowds the paint. And with the way Numar Burnett is playing, I think it is kind of time to have him come back, have him have him start again. For no, for my biggest reason, I feel like Jaden Brown's kind of hit that wall. He's a freshman. People seem people seem to forget that. You know, this team is a you know a lot of men's being played by freshmen, and I think Bradley's kind of the first guy to truly hit that wall. I think you know. I still think he should play, but maybe cutting down his minutes, allowing him to kind of focus his energy on certain times. You know, you know, re kind of like. Kind of just find a second win almost. I think it will benefit him, you know, coming off the bench. And then, shoot, they change it again. They change it again. At the end of the day, O's going to do the best and help his team win. But, honestly, I think it's time for Namar Burnett to return to the starting lineup and Jaden Bradley return to being that maybe first or second guard off the bench. What do you think? Yeah, um, now that I think about it, I, I totally agree. Um, we obviously are becoming a basketball school. Like, it's obviously a slow process. Like, we're not going to be Duke or North Carolina. I mean, obviously, we're better than them this year. But it takes time to produce a program like that. And obviously, NATO's just um, had a large um, signing um, the other day. And so he'll be our coach long term to get through that. Um, but with those schools, those blue blood schools, they usually have like four or five freshmen starting and they go to the draft next year. Now, Jaden Bradley was a five star out of IMG Academy, which is awesome. But I do believe he could definitely use that extra year to develop more of his shooting and rebounding abilities Um, regarding Burnett. Yeah, he's another freshman um, that is definitely very, very talented, um, six foot four. It's good size for a guard. Um, but yeah, he, he does. He plays kind of similar, similar to Bradley, but I think he's got a little more grit in there. Like he he's willing to get the rebounds. He makes a lot of hustle plays. And I think it's definitely I think, yeah, I I believe he should definitely get some starting minutes for sure. He only plays, looks like 18.8 minutes per game overall to Bradley's 21.7. So they are pretty even overall. But Burnett obviously has only played nine games due to injury. No, no, you're you're definitely correct. Now, oh, it's nine. I think it's nine starts. He's played 14 games overall. But look, it it's it's completely fine. It 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 happens. Look, it. A point is like you just said, Marbinette. Let's let's get you back in the starting lineup, buddy. I think it's about that time to make that switch one more time. So I think it's one thing that we agree on. But you know, ultimately, it's it's NATO to this call, and whatever Alabama does, it needs to make sure it continues its winning path. Because I think that's one thing that is a tricky situation when it comes to change the starting lineup. You know, the team is winning more or less. The team is you know still producing. Do you really want to try to mess up whatever chemistry you have going? You know, in February going into March, you know, SEC tournament play. NCAA tournament play. This team is a tournament team. We know they're going to the tournament. Let's not even worry about that. Yep. But, you know, do you really want to make sure you're, you're, you messed it up by changing the rotation that can maybe affect the chemistry? A guy like, oh, I, I, I wanted to start now being benched. You know, how do you, that might, you know, affect somebody's psyche, somebody's ego. It's despite, despite what a player may say, you know, it really may bother them saying, you know, I got removed. You know, they feel as a, as a demotion. So I, I don't know. I think that might be something to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, regarding with the tournament um, in March, which is now, she's just like probably like five, six weeks away till tournament to the um, March Madness begins. But that's when we kind of started to slow down when we had J.D. Davison and um, obviously Javon Cornley towards ACL last year um, when we lost to Notre Dame in the first round. It was like, I remember, I think we lost to Vanderbilt in the first round of the SC tournament. 
Um, but we were like, we were at one point, I remember we beat like Houston and Gonzaga and Baylor and it looked like we'd be powerhouse, but kind of like I said before, we just got to keep it going. Like that Oklahoma loss we needed. And they've really, they, they definitely came back from that after beating Vanderbilt by like, what was it? Like 50, something like that. Um, that LSU game, obviously they only won by like 10 compared to the last time when they won by like 40, but they just need to keep that going. And if it means to put Burnett in the starting lineup and so be it. No, absolutely with that. Now, for fans, just so you know, Alabama will take on Florida Wednesday, February 8th, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And if you're not coming to the game, the game will be broadcast on ESPN2. After And after that, Crimson Tide will hit the road for the Iron Bowl, the basketball Iron Bowl. February 11th is Saturday. Alabama will take on Auburn at Auburn. That game will be at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. That game will be broadcast on ESPN. And with that, that concludes the first episode of this newly, newly branded, you know, partial sub pod of the All Things Metal Podcast, Bam and Such a Podcast Network. Hunter, before we get out of here, please tell the people, where can they find your work? Yeah, um, my name is Hunter DeCyber. Um, you, you could find me uh, at Twitter, uh, at Hunter DeCyber. That's H-U-N-T-E-R-D-E-S-I-V-E-R. Um, also on the Bama Central website, that has all my articles there, ready to go. Um, please give it a look. I run the Bama in the NFL um, page. I, I mainly just write articles about players that um, are that obviously played on the Crimson Tide and how they are performing in the NFL, just like Landon Dickerson, Josh Job, Jalen Hurts, and uh, Devon Smith for this Sunday. Um, I've also gotten into the recruiting section now where I'm looking for new recruits for Alabama, looking at offers and visits and um, really looking at their huddles to see how they would help us out no um absolutely that, yeah no a matter of fact one more thing i'll, I'll mention hunter because hunter is really modest as you guys could tell you know bama and the nba you know very something on the side some some something on the side something is still very very new but we got to be honest alabama starting to get more and more nba talent you know they're starting to get more guys in the league so eventually maybe we might have a bama in, in the nba section yeah 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 um I've definitely done only a few NBA articles, um, but yeah, I'm really looking at Herb Jones and Colin Sexton from here on out. Uh, it's definitely fun. Again, that was Hunter the Cyber. I am Mason Smith. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're going to continue working with us. You know, it's going to be a great, great show, great ride. We're going to have hopefully have some very special guests onto this episodes later in the year. But again, this is part of the All Things Man podcast, Bearing Sister Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>